Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Let's get it started in here. And the bass keeps running, running, and running. Five seconds left in the game. You believe in Context, there's no disrespect, so when I bust my rhyme, you break your necks. We got five minutes for us to disconnect. All of it is on the field. We're going to get the mission. We're Let's get it started. Let's get it started. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the opening line. We are back. Uh, another week off. Uh, you know, we we should have brought you a Masters episode. We absolutely didn't. We forgot to do that. We didn't talk about the champion which was Baylor. And I think that's mostly why we took off because the smacking I got taken that got handed to me by Baylor was Connor McGregor-esque. Um, and then we've got the Cubs we're going to talk about this episode because they are atrocious and they are, uh, they're supposed to be our hometown team, but they are really letting us down. I mean, I think Wits has a better chance of hitting a ball for that team than anybody on this current roster. But Wits, let's start. We're, we'll go in chronological order. Um, very similar to how McGregor got knocked to the ground and was, was held there. It looks like Gonzaga got held to the ground, go down 9 nothing early. The closest they brought it back to was eight points. It was tough to watch. Lost a lot of money. A lot of brackets ended. I found out that I could, I could have placed in the top ten in the bracket pool had Gonzaga won. I know that might not have translated to money, but it would have beaten out all the schmucks that doubt me, which is Xander Horowitz and Jared Rubin. We'll put their names on blast. Um, Gonzaga, this was your best chance, Mark Few. Like, how many more do you need? How many more one seeds do you need? How many more teams of undefeated records do you need to win a freaking national title? You can't do it. You get punched in the mouth and you don't get back up. That's all I got to say. Yeah, well, I mean, if you look at the uh, the odds for next year, they're actually still the favorite for next year. I think Mark Few's got a big class coming in. Um, I know he didn't get it done. I know that's disappointing. And I think even a little more disappointing for me, I actually had Baylor in a couple brackets, but uh, I decided to fade Gonzaga every single time. So I ended up finishing in about, I think, seventh or eighth. But yeah, Roz, talking about the game, um, I think we both agreed beforehand that Baylor was probably the one team that could really compete with Gonzaga. And they came out on fire and... Gonzaga, I don't think, besides the BYU game, the conference championship game, I don't think they'd ever had that type of experience. I know the UCLA game was great, but I don't think they were ever really down by that much. But, you know, Baylor's a great team. Um, Gonzaga really couldn't get into a rhythm. And they were kind of playing catch-up all game, and they just they couldn't keep up. And I, I got to give a lot of credit to Baylor because they were, they were ferocious. I mean, both sides of the ball. Um, clearly look like the best team in the country. And I think that's the crappy part about championship games and things like that. Like, you know, that might be a 5-5 split in 10 games, but we just happen to see a very poor effort from Gonzaga. So it was definitely a little disappointing. Not if you bet Baylor, but 
overall, it was it was a tough one for the Zags, who you know failed to complete the undefeated season. Unbelievable. Baylor was just bigger and badder on the boards, especially. Um, Jalen Suggs got into foul trouble early. He still finished with the most points in the game. Corey Kispert, who was a national player of the year, uh, honoree or whatever nomination or whatever they call it, um, sucked. I mean, where the fuck was he the entire tournament? Timmy, Mr. Big Guy Timmy talking a lot of smack. I mean, look who they played. Look who they played all the way up until Baylor. Not No real names there either, you know? I mean, UCLA gave you a show like that. UCLA is half the team you are. USC, who you beat, I understand that the Pac-12 looked good in this tournament, but I'm still sticking to my guns. The Pac-12 isn't that great of a conference. And then you look at the teams they played beforehand, Oklahoma, which was a shell of itself. Um, Creighton, who happy to score the ball, but couldn't keep up to save their lives. Um, it just, you, I don't know who they played, honestly. And they didn't play anybody all year long. Um, it would have been nice to have seen this Baylor game earlier in the season, so I would have had a better understanding of what was going to happen, the ass-kicking that occurred. I'm salty, if you can't tell. Put a lot of money on Gonzaga, and they really let it down. Um, and they let me down before another week of insane money losses when we talk about the Masters coming up. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, just kind of my, uh, my last thought on the game. I think uh, I mentioned this probably a few weeks ago that it looked like Baylor – you know, they were right, I think, right on par with Gonzaga for most of the year. It was like a clear one-two, and they had a little bit of a COVID issue and weren't really playing that well, and it seemed like they, they really just came together all at the right time, and I think that game, I, I think you saw Baylor's best game, um, which Gonzaga, I think they, they needed to play a lot better to even keep up, and I thought it was going to be a better game in the second half. I mean, you had Gonzaga down, you know, 15, 17 points most of the first half, and they did cut it to 10, but came out, same story, second half. Baylor just just dominated, and you brought this up, Roz. Uh, the offensive glass, I mean, it was, it was crazy how many extra rebounds Baylor was getting. Um, Vital, you know, he had 11 rebounds. I think eight of them were on the offensive side of the ball, and they they just, they kicked Gonzaga's ass. And it's unfortunate that, you know, it had to be the championship game, but I, I think Gonzaga is going to be back. I think they've, I think they've finally gotten past that level of really being a, a mid-major by name. Um, so I, I've got a lot of confidence that Mark Pugh, we're probably going to be talking about him late in the March Madness next year again, but, you know, it doesn't happen every year, man. It's, it's tough to get there. It's very tough. Yeah, it's his second national championship loss. Let's move on to Masters, which we missed. And you know what's good for you guys that we missed it because we wouldn't have given you any good picks. No uh, good. I mean, congratulations to Hideki Matsuyama and Will Zalatoris, who made a, a pretty penny at being 24 years old, um, coming in second place, standing alone there. Uh, but Hideki, first Japanese major champion. Um, champion. What? First men's major champion. Men's major champion. There you go. PC, keep it correct. Keep it correct. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it just wasn't even a close tournament. Honestly, I did have a phone call with Jared Rubin on Friday morning, I believe, um, seeing P. Reed and Webb Simpson sitting there at three under and two under, kind of just off the lead. I know Justin Rose really took off on that Thursday back nine. Um, but I felt good about my position. I had Webb Simpson and I had Patrick Reed and neither of them 
surpassed the number they were at on Friday. They actually went lower. Um, my golfers, man, 2021 has not been the uh, it's not been the year for golf. I mean, we came off of a hot 2020. It was one of the best pickups of 2020 gambling, and it has not looked good since. I've been nowhere close. It's throwing darts at a dartboard and hitting the wall every time. Can't even get it on the fringe. It's just it's not it's it's not looking pretty. And as as I'll mention, I'm entering my my gambling abyss. You know, I don't really gamble again until some of the majors. There is a big fight that will be brought up towards the end of this. And then football in September is really where I pick it back up. But the Masters did me dirty, and uh, I'm leaving gambling behind and closing the door on it for a little bit. Um, and the Masters left a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah, you know, not, none of my bets really hit either for the Masters. But like you said, we, we got to give a lot of the credit here to Hideki because, I mean, the, the guy's been around. It seems like it was funny. My, uh, my dad was asking me how – he was he's like I think the guy's like 40 um and that that's how long it seems like he's been around but you know he, he's actually only 29 but he's been a pro for 10 years and they they were showing that picture a lot of him getting the low am uh back in the masters about 10 years ago so I mean it was you know as much as I didn't want to see him win because I didn't bet on him it was it was really an excellent tournament by him and you know Saturday night when they came back from the uh from the weather break you know, he just rattled off, I think it was, you know, five or six birdies on the back. And it got, it got a little close on Sunday after the first hole. He bogeyed, Zalatoris birdied. It looked like it was going to be a match. And then even as late as hole 15, I mean, Xander Schauffele was putting a lot of pressure on Hideki. And then, you know, as we all saw, put a ball in the water on 16 is becoming uh, the next Tony Finau. But yeah, Roz Hideki. Um, it was awesome to see him win. It was, you know, it's always great to see somebody win something like the Masters because it's, it's really a life-changing thing. But for a guy like Hideki being, the, you know, the first male pro golfer from Japan uh, to win the Masters, it was it, it was pretty cool. And it was interesting, you know, for a guy who's always very stone-faced, he doesn't show a lot of emotion, doesn't talk a lot. Um, you, you could just see that when he finally won. It, it, it was cool. It's always cool to see. And then I think we also, we got to talk a little bit about Will Zalatoris. Um, you know, he's been a guy who has been really on the precipice, it seems like, for the past year. And he's actually a little bit older than a lot of people think. Uh, you know, he's 24, um, not a faker at all. I mean, this guy has, has all the talent in the world. He's the real deal. And, you know, second place in his first Masters ever. Uh, nothing to hang his head about. And I think he, he's a guy who's going to be around for a while. And my last thing from the master, it, it looked like Jordan Spieth is back, Roz. It looks like he has finally found a little bit of a groove. Yeah, I mean, coming off of a win in his previous tournament, I think it's less about him being back and just the fragility. I think I made that word up of golfers and uh, from a year-to-year -year standpoint. I mean, Brooks is injured, so I don't want to rattle on him, but he hasn't. we haven't seen him win in a bit. And then Rory just couldn't look like less of a golfer if he tried. I mean, just pitiful how bad Rory has been. I can't tell you the last time he was in a major contention or even the players. Um, I know I'm, I'm pretty sure he won the players last year, but major contention, which is the most important part of the golf calendar year. Um, Jordan's back though. And it's great. You know, I'm hoping to see him compete here at the U S open and the PGA championship coming up. Um, and uh, Dustin, who missed the cut, which was bizarre. 
I think yeah. I think he's gonna bounce back, and it's good that you and I didn't burn him in our uh, in our major pool that we do each year. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's all exciting, and uh, it's good to see Jordan back up there. Maybe Ricky will find his stroke three years from now, um, <laughs> and he'll be back playing at the Masters. He didn't even play at the Masters this week. Um, yeah, I don't really have any other takeaways other than it's cool to see. Matsuyama and Zalatoris up at the top there. And uh, John Rahm gave it a nice little run there on, on Sunday. Uh, he's going to be a threat. The new father, John Rahm, coming to the next three majors this season. Yeah, it was funny. Rahm, I think, I think he only played like one nine-hole practice round and just kind of got out there. Played okay the first three days. I mean, he shot 72 each day and then just came with a storm on Sunday morning. And, you know, I know he finished at six under, but he had, I think five or six more um, birdie opportunities. And I, I was thinking, man, if he posts a number like, you know, nine or 10, which would be crazy, you know, he, he might have a shot there, but yeah, he finished at six. So it was, it was a great tournament by him. And then, uh, yeah, the Masters is always fun. I think it's, I think it's the best golf tournament by far, just everything about it from, the course to you know how much it means to everybody and, and of course all the gambling that goes along with it with all these different pools so it's uh, I'm sad to see it go but that's what uh that's what makes it so special it's like the NFL fantasy football it's uh, it's gone in the gone in the blink of an eye um and then there's baseball which we're on um and baseball the Angels have been fun to watch I think they're my AL team I like I said I've been to the stadium there Mike Trout has been one of my favorite players in the league for a while now and then it's just gut-wrenching to watch the Cubs and I do it a lot we have the MLB TV so we, we're watching the Cubs it's just something like honestly just go out and hit the ball I understand there's sabermetrics there's this there's that like how do you have nine guys each day unable to put the ball in play it's cool the home runs the the fireworks blah blah but not when you can't win a game and not when you haven't scored. I think it's 15 runs so far they've scored this season. They're averaging about two runs a game, 2.34 runs a game. That might be a little high. It's brutal. And their averages are brutal. The team average is insanely low. I mean, wits. I had a lot of high hopes for this Cubs team. It's not really even the pitching that's let them down. It's, they can't score. You got to score to win. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know where to start with the Cubs. I mean, starting six of their first nine games against the Pirates and they're, you know, they're five and seven right now. And it's funny, Roz, actually the averages across major league baseball are, are actually way down. It's at the lowest level. I think it was since like 1896. Um, so the Cubs are playing along with that trend, but they, they happen to be a lot worse than all the other teams. And yeah, like you said, it's not even, it's not even the pitching like I thought it would be. I mean, it's the offense, and I, I'm a big proponent of the pitching and defense wins, but, I mean, Jesus, you, you got to score a little bit, and they've been – I mean, it's brutal. I don't think they have – as of we're sitting here April 14th, uh, third Wednesday night, I don't think they have a guy hitting over 200 right now, which is extremely hard to believe, and it looks like it's, it's going to be a rough year if this is any indication of what's to come next, unless they somehow miraculously turn it around you get to a certain point in the season, I would say probably about 50 games in that you really are what your record says you are. And for those of you out there who are saying the nationals were, you know, 15 games under and they won, that's fine. I think that happens to be an outlier, 
But at a certain point, you know, you, you kind of play into the team that you are, and the Cubs are trending in the wrong direction right now. See, and after 12, but this has been the last three years. They have not – this has never been a team that hits for average or puts people on base. It's always been a home run and gun game for them. And I, there's always – the new season brings new hope. I feel like every year it kind of just like brainwashes you and you forget. I mean, you do it with the Packers every year. I forget that we can't get past the NFC Championship game for some reason. But every year I think we're going to be the best team in the league. Um, and for the Cubs, it was just exciting, you know. They are all still young. That's what blows my mind. It's the part that kills me the most as a Cubs fan. Is in 2016 they won a World Series with the kids being between the ages of 22 and 26, and none of them are panning out. I j- it just doesn't make sense to me how it goes from that high to that low so fast. I mean, Chris Bryant was an MVP, and now he, he won't get a deal that he's hoping to get. I mean, this guy makes over $200 million. I'll – I'll chop off my pinky toe. I just don't see how that makes sense for a guy who clearly is regressing at a fast rate. Yeah, and I mean, I think my, my favorite thing about baseball is the power rankings, as you know. And the Cubs, the Cubs are sitting at, at 22 right now, uh, which, which is just not great. And after the, the spanking they took today, losing 7-0 seven, seven to the Brewers, it's, uh, there's just not a lot to be excited about right now and it's really unfortunate you know we got Arietta back um but yeah like you said Roz it's been a lot of the offense but let's you know let's let's not be all dreary about our hometown team because there there is a lot of good baseball being played out there um and Roz you know what what do you think about the Dodgers is there is there any team that can take them down or are they you know are they still seem to beat in the major league no. you know you know who can take them down I was just reading about them today actually you should know where I'm going. When my allegiance isn't with the Cubs, I do have allegiance elsewhere. And I haven't brought his name up once yet this year. A name that I've said more often than maybe even my favorite franchise in the NFL. A name, a superstar, a hero. And it'll be heroics and fireworks back in Philadelphia, making up for that Nick Foles disgusting Super Bowl win. They don't need it anymore. They're going to have the Phillies to thank because Bryce Harper – is going to lead this team to a World Series title. Hop on. You want to take a bet with Roz in sports hiatus month or the months of sports hiatus for him? Bet the Phillies to win the World Series. You heard it here first. <laughs> That's an interesting pick, Roz. Yeah, the Phillies, have, uh, they've been playing some pretty good baseball. And obviously, um, when you have a guy like Bryce Harper, not going to call him one of the best players in the league. I mean, probably the best player of all time, in my opinion. I think Trout second to him, but real quickly, Bryce Harper is number one all time. Yeah, and Roz, I think that the key for the year, um, it's going to be the starting pitching. And they've got, I think they've definitely got the opportunity, which I'm excited about. You know, Aaron Nola hasn't been, I think, great the past couple of years, but if he rounds back in a form, Zach Wheeler is a guy with the Mets who's always kind of forgotten about, you know, he had DeGrom, he had Syndergaard, he had a, a young up-and-coming Steven Matz. I think he could be a very key cog in the wheel. And then you've got a guy, Zach Eflin. These are all towering righties, um, all power pitchers. So if they can really get it going, um, you know, the Phillies are going to be a team, they're going to be a team to be reckoned with. And especially in, in a tough division, if they can get out of the NL East, um, you know, they could be facing off with the Dodgers down the road. But I, I wouldn't count out the Padres either because I think they're, they're a team that's on my list as well, uh, even with Tatis going down. It looks like 
going to be at least a few weeks here. Yeah, I would say the Padres are expected to be the other team that will compete with them. Um, look at that. <laughs> look at the NL West with the Giants out of nowhere, eight and four. The Padres at eight and four. And then you have the Dodgers nine and two, which is expected. I think the Dodgers are the best team in baseball. Probably the best team we've seen collectively in a long time. I'm trying to think of comparable teams. I think that 09 Yankees team was pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, no, this uh, Dodgers team's for real. And it's going to take a, a strong effort to beat them in a seven game series. Um, and then you look at the AL, the Yankees sitting at five and seven. They're having some trouble to start. The Red Sox is surprising eight and three. Didn't think they'd really be there. They've won eight in a row after losing their first three. Then that central that wits love so much, the best division in sports apparently um, is all over the place. Basically all 500. The Sox are five and six. We could put the rest up there. It's a world series year for them. I don't think they're going to come out of the AL and make the postseason. Another thing I'm saying here first, and then the Angels, a fun seven and five. That's a exciting team over there. Would love for them to win that division. The Houston Asterix might as well be in last place to me because I will not give them credit for any victories moving forward. That is why they are the Houston Asterix. Um, but baseball, we're, what, 15 games in at most for one of these teams. And it's, uh, it's hard to watch when your Cubs are just playing as bad as they are. Yeah, it's been tough, but it's uh, it's great that baseball's back. Um, got MLB Network playing on my TV probably 22 hours a day, so uh, love that. And uh, yeah, man, it's a it's it's great to be back. It's fun. Glad that some fans are getting back in the ballparks. We're gonna try to catch a Cubs game here coming soon, and then yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep tabs on how everything's going. But we're we're hoping that the Cubbies pick it up on the offensive side of the ball, or we or we could see a major sell off near the trade deadline and, and bring us back to the, to the real dumpster that has been the Cubs for almost the past hundred years, minus a couple. So we'll see what happens, but it's good that baseball is back in general. It is very good. And in the, in the fashion of bringing things back, because that's the most important thing is looking forward to things, having things come back. I think it's important we bring up, it's a little ways out, but it's important we bring up the big news that came out this week. And I think this introduction does it justice. Oh. Just like earlier this year when I fell to the mat, the Phoenix will rise. The Irishman himself, Conor McGregor, is ready for his third bout with Dustin Poirier. And I swear this time, there will be a first round 45 second knockout. Conor McGregor is back for the masses. He didn't pay no fucking donation fee of $500,000. Put him in the octagon in July against the diamond because the pressure will break this diamond. It won't make it. It'll shatter it. It'll be worthless. You won't be able to put it on a ring. Conor McGregor, the Irish lion, the man, the myth, the legend, is coming for a big first-round KO. I'm back, baby. I'm back, baby. You heard it here first. God, I don't think you believe one word that you just said, but we'll uh, we'll go with it. Not betting on McGregor again, but I will. Like, oh yeah, you will. I might fly in, get back into the lair round round three here. See no. McGregor. Lair is tough with McGregor. No, we are we are gonna put it up. Screw ESPN Plus and the way they've been so janky about how you watch these fights. But I will watch this fight. You heard it here. We might go to an Irish pub this time because the world will be open by that 
point in time. And uh, my boy will reign supreme. He will put his name back at the top of the UFC. He will not be the laughing stock. He will not be the meme. My face will never be able to be put on that meme ever again. Conor McGregor is back, baby. Back. I believe it when I see it. I think you're afraid. I think the world's afraid, honestly. They might be. Um, but that's that's it. That's been the show. What's up, everybody? I'm glad you guys came. I'm glad you guys listened. We'll get this up for you guys. And uh, we'll see you next week. Wits, you got any closing thoughts? Uh, no, I think you covered it all, man. Just tell me. How, how excited are you for McGregor to be back? <laughs> Very excited. There we go. That's what, that's what I wanted. I know you're, you're tailoring it to me, but that's all we got for you guys. Um, top of the morning to you, and let's go get a W, Connor, in six or seven months from now, it feels like. But uh, this has been the opening line. With the with the cross. We'll catch you next week. Yeah, 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 yeah.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.